0: So, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for number one, your grace that you lavish on us each and every day. And Lord, I know that the world would want us to look at trees and guys in red suits and things under the gift that we're going to spend our money on. But Lord, it's about you. You are the reason for the season, God. We want to give you glory and honor. We want to again say thank you. And everyone said, Amen. Open up your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 12. We are in the series called The Waiting, right? Or waiting room. I've been thinking about it. That's why I'm like, okay, this is the way I look at it. And if you weren't here last week, how many of you guys were here with us last week? Yeah? Didn't God speak? Amen? Mightily, right? Pastor Dell was not uh, feeling well, and I was like, dude, you should feel well less more often, man. God just spoke through you mightily, you know, yeah. and that's good, right? Isn't it always like that, that when we are at his weakest, God is at his greatest, amen? Yeah. I got to come behind that, and again, think about it. I don't know about you, but I hate this word, and tell me of any of you, again, Let's uh, share the truth and say the truth and shame the devil. How many of you know this word, procrastination? All right. Yeah, right? Okay, thank you. I'm not the only one, right? Anyone like me, right? We like to just, oh, do I have to do that now? Especially in the wintertime, it's warm, it's cozy, you want to stay under the blankets and just hug up with a good movie. Like, I'm going to watch White Christmas today, hopefully. That's the goal, only today, right? and then Miracle on 34th Street and all those good things. Because why? Because that's what you do at Christmas time when you just want to settle down and relax. But that's not all we have to do. In the waiting room, okay, and here's where we're going. In the waiting room, while we wait for the return of Christ, we're not just to sit down and watch good old movies, okay? We are to be perfected. In our waiting, you and I are being called not to just sit and eat bonbons and wait for Miracle on 34th to appear in black and white because you don't, you like the original versus the semi-color, right? Okay, see, there's three people here are going yes, that's true, right? But there's more to that. There is more. While Christ is up there preparing a place for us, and He is, according to John 14, what are we called to do? And this is what Romans 12 is going to answer, okay? But I'm going to set up the context, okay? So how should we, in front of a world, how should we look like? We should, here's the answer, we should look like Christ, amen? we That's the only goal, It's to look like Jesus, to be a picture of Christ. That is the goal. So beloved, that's what we're going to do. We got to live in such a way that when everybody sees us, they go, yup, those are those Christian people. And I hope they would say, yup, yup. Yeah, that's Long Grove Church. I could recognize them anywhere. That's them. That's them. They're crazy. They just love Jesus and they try to look like him in everything they do and say. That is the goal. Remember what Pastor Dell called us to last week. That we as a church, that our hope is not in things here, but what's already come. What's already been given. What God has given his son. That is our hope. That's what we're waiting for. But in our waiting, okay. In our waiting, we're supposed to be perfected. So this is a work between you and the Holy Spirit that is done on a daily basis. Tell them you'll call them back later, okay? This is the guest part right now. Turn with me. There's only two points here to this message, okay? Two points. I'm going to try to do each of them in five minutes. God help me, all right? Number one, number one christ's preparation while we wait christ's preparation while we wait john chapter 14 verses one through three it says, let our He said let your your hearts not be troubled believe in god this is john uh, christ telling his disciples you believed in god believe also in me in my father's house are many rooms if it were not so i would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Amen? Amen. I will come again. And I will take you to myself, and that where, you, where where I am, you may also be. Now you're like, man, big deal. Why are you reading something about, in a sense, a prophetic thing, right? The second coming of Christ. Why, what does that have to do with Christmas? Because it's in the waiting that we as the bride of Christ are supposed to be prepared. So Dr. Time is not here, but Dr. Tom loves to ask me every Sunday when I preach, he goes, hey, can I have your notes? You know, and this point alone, this first principle took, <laughs> it was like six pages of notes, you know, like, yeah, I can read that in five minutes. So I'm going to act it out for you. Okay. So this is what would happen. Go back with me 2,000 years ago to Mary and Joseph, this couple, right? And what would happen? This is the way it was done in first century Jerusalem. In fact, you still see parts of it throughout all cultures, even till today, okay? It's still being done in many ways, even 2,000 years later. The first major step in Jewish marriage was a betrothal. The betrothal involved the establishment of the marriage covenant. By Jesus' time, it was was usual for such a covenant to be established as the result of the prospective bridegroom taking the initiative. He would come into the house of the bride. He'd knock, right? And with him would be either his uncle or his dad. And he would walk into the house, and the father would be there, right? And he would ask to the father, he says, I've come for your daughter's hand in marriage. And he'd go, Mary, come here. This knucklehead, I mean, Joseph is here for you, you know? And it would come. And right there, he'd look at his daughter. He goes, you like this knucklehead? And he's like, yeah, daddy, he's nice. Well, you know, he, he wants to marry you. What do you think? Yeah, dad, I want to marry him too. Okay. Then this is what had happened. The father of the groom would step up now. So Joseph stepped back. And he goes, okay, dad, talk. And now father to father would talk, okay? And the reason for the father and the father to talk was to establish the bride price. That offend anybody? Good, good. They like, yeah, because he had to buy his bride, right? He's like, I got 10 camels, four sheep, three goats, you know, I'm going to make you very happy, right? Ladies and gentlemen, we still buy that today, but it's called a diamond, okay? Amen, right? You thought you were not getting that for free, right? No, you got to pay for that. So he would, the part of it wasn't to haggle the price. The point of the father's talking was so that the father of the bride could say, hey, I'm giving you the most precious thing. My daughter, look how beautiful she is. And the other father would, hey, but my son's pretty good too, man. My son could take care of your daughter. In fact, you know, He's inheriting the family business. We're, we're good to go. He's like, well, my daughter has a college degree. You know? Well, so does my son. And the pride was just for the two fathers to go, hey, we're pretty good, right? And then here's what would happen. Thank you. I just saw you there. I've been looking for you over here. I almost lost Luke right there. Forgive me. They would establish the bride price. And once they would do, they would agree Their arms, their hands were bound with rope with a nice lasso, right? And they would drink a cup of wine together for the first time. Sound familiar? And eat a piece of bread. Sound familiar? Yeah. Now, they are betrothed. They are husband and wife. And then the father goes, he looks at his son, he says, okay, go get it ready. And then the other father would say, okay, go get ready. And the two of them would separate for about one year. Now, the groom is going to prepare a place for her. Okay? he's putting in the jacuzzi window, the, you know, the windows and the jacuzzi tub and all that. He's getting it really good. And while she is waiting, she is preparing for his coming. So she took out her phone book, right? You know, she took out her contact list. And she went through this, and she went, delete, 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 delete. Yeah, and oh, do you call me? No, no, you can't. No, I'm with Joseph now. No, don't call me anymore. I'm, I'm already betrothed. Bye-bye, you know? And they would do that. And they would separate for one year. And they would get ready. Okay? Understand what's happening? He's getting it all set. She's getting herself ready. And then at the, what would happen, okay, when the groom groom would come, he would usually come at an honor, usually in the night, okay, time of separation from the groom would come to take place, the bride would be waiting for him, and it took usually he would come at night, he would come because only the father of the groom would say, okay, it's ready, you got the windows in. You got the jacuzzi in. You got the king size bed. It's all beautiful. Now you could go get her. The son had no idea. Only the father would tell him when it was good enough. When it was good enough, he was like, yes. And then he would tell all his guys, Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready. And the guys were like, Okay, cool. They would all take baths. You know, put on Eros. You know, Versace. It was all good, right? You know, they put on the they put on the, the things, and they came at night in their lanterns, and they're walking down the street. Right, And they're coming. And then people would go, oh my God, it's the bridal party. The bridal party's coming. And they would yell, here comes the groom. Here comes the groom. It was a shout. And then they would keep shouting and shouting until eventually she goes, guess what? Guess what? He's coming. He's coming. And while she was coming, she had to make sure that her lamp was, her oil lamp was always lit because she never knew the time or day he was coming. She just had to be found worthy. Make sense? Make sense? Okay. This is two separate sermons. I'm kind of mashing them together. This is whole, one whole separate thing. But he would come, and he would come at an unexpected time. Okay? He would come for her. And then when she would come, this time instead of going into the house, he went just at the street. And then she would walk out of the house veiled in white. Hmm? Right? And then the two of them would walk down the street and the goose party and everybody would be like, yeah, look at them, look at them. They're, they're going to get married. They're married, they're good. And they would walk to the honeymoon place and they would go into this place called the hoopah. That's your Hebrew word for the day. hoopah. everybody say hoopah. Inside the hoopah, we call it today, the honeymoon suite, okay? And he would be with her for seven days. She would be there inside and they would You know what I mean, right? Everybody understand that? If you're younger, yeah, if you're younger, just ask your mom and dad what that meant, you know, right? And then he would, the, the funny thing was, was the, the bridegroom, the, the best man would stand at the door, like outside, right? And then the guy, the bridegroom, he would open up the door a little bit, and he would go, here, the bride has been found worthy. And then the, the, the best man would give the announcement. Think, think about that announcement, right? Hey, 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 the bride has been found worthy, worthy. And everybody would go, yeah. And they would applaud and they would drink for seven days. You know, Jesus first communion, you know, we got crazy wine going on. And they would celebrate for seven days. And at the end of seven days, she would come out. He would unveil her and present her to the family. Hey guys, this is my beautiful bride. Make sense? She was waiting, getting ready to the presentation. One day Christ is coming back. He's already come to this world. He's already paid the price, but with what? Not with silver or gold, but with his his blood, right? We are the bride. We are in our waiting period. This is our time of separation, but it's not a time to sit and watch movies. Now is the time to get ready, to be found ready because the groom is coming and he's looking for a bride that is spotless. Amen? That is what we're called to do. So we are being perfected in our waiting. We're not just waiting with nothing to happen. Man, see, these are all the notes for Tom. <laughs> we are being perfected. So that's what Christ has done, Point two. Point two okay our separation while we wait what do we do we are being made holy but how this is how we're supposed to act with us within the church towards each other where you're going to see them we call them the house rules we're going to present those to you in about a couple weeks but this is some of the context romans chapter 12 okay how do we deal with people inside the church how do we love one another okay okay Number one, or A, it says this, love and honor them, verses 9 and 10 from, ch- from chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. He says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another. Okay? Love one another with brotherly affection and love. Outdo one another in showing honor. Right? This is the first time this word love, right? I bet you you guys already know the meaning of this word. How many know this word? It's agape, right? This is the first time, though, that Paul uses it in reference to us with each other. It was always in reference to God, how God loves us. But this is the first time Paul uses it and says, hey, by the way, this is how you love one another, too. Okay? Because you've heard of this other word. Okay? How many of have ever heard this word? Because the Greek language had four or five different words for love. We know the one agape because it's the one mostly used in Scripture. But there was another word. Okay, this one is not found in the Bible, but I'm going to give it to you anyway because you've heard of it. It's called eros. Eros. How many of you have heard the word eros? Okay, it is where we get the word erotic from. It's the physical love. It's the word that means to take. It's the kind of way uh, a husband loves a wife or a, a wife loves a husband. I eros you. I love you. But it's a different way. And then we have this love. It's called Storge. Storge, this is the way parents love their children and siblings love each other. I love my brother, I storge him. You know, I love my sister, I storge her. This is the way the family loves. And then we have this one, this love, and you know this love, it's called phileo. Phileo. If you know the context, remember one day Jesus, or yeah, Jesus after the resurrection was talking to Peter and he says, hey, Jesus, uh, Peter, do you love me? Do you agape me? And Peter ignorantly responds, but Jesus, you know I phileo you, bro. I put the bro in, okay? <laughs> that's, that's my version. And he goes back, no, 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 do you agape me? And he goes, you know I phileo you. No, no, you, you got to go beyond that. You have to agape. You have to love unconditionally. But to love unconditionally means you have to abhor what is evil. Okay? It means to hate what is evil. Not to play with it, not to make friends with it. But we have to hate it. How many guys have ever been in a dark room, right? You've been in the room and all of a sudden the lights go off and you can't see anything. And then your eyes get adjusted to the darkness and then you could see, right? I'm not the only one, right? You know what I'm saying? Isn't it funny? We've been in darkness so long. We're accustomed to the darkness now. We're used to it. And kind of, kind of, it, we kind of like it, right? just, hey, just don't worry about it. No one knows. But that's not what Christ is calling us to. Christ is calling, hey, if you love me, you got to hate that. Oh, but it's, God, I'm not hurting anybody. Yeah, you, but you're not looking like me. You think, I, you think I would sit down and watch that Rated X movie with you? Ladies, do you think I would sit and start gossiping about your coworker at work? That's not love. That's hate. And as believers, we're called to love God and others. It is we're giving ourselves. We're saying, "Hey, this is what we're presenting. Here's our gift. It's all of me. I am a living sacrifice." That means I got to die to myself daily so that I can look like him. Okay? It's not about the gift under the tree. It's about us being given the greatest gift of all already. And now it's our goal to reflect him. But we got to love him and hate what is evil. That's loving and honoring them. Show them your zeal and joy. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. In these couple of verses, did you know that Paul gives us 30 commands to do? 30 commands. In chapters 1 through 11, he calls it the, the tender mercies, I think it was remember. He's giving us the, the reasoning why. But now we're getting to the application of all that theology. And he goes, here's what we're supposed to look like. Okay? Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Do I have to explain that to you? No, right? But I'm warning you, church, as this world says to us the church we we hate you more and hate you more because of who you serve this becomes more and more critical okay show them your zeal and your joy okay see share with them verse 13 contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality we should be marked by a giving heart amen it should be the, the opportunity for us to say, hey, you know, oh, I don't want to go to church because, you know, the church, all they want is your money. No, we don't need your money. And God doesn't need your money. But you know what the money does show? It does reflect your heart. Okay? It does, you know? That's all I gotta say, when you give, make sure you give as unto the Lord first, that you're saying, God, here's my heart to you, because it's not everything else except my pocketbook, it's everything else, including my pocketbook. Why? Because the pocketbook only reflects your heart, that's it. So when you give, you give generously with an open heart, saying, God, here's, you've given to me, my hand is open, take all that you need, God, okay? Share with them, number D, Mourn and weep with them, verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Okay? Now, sometimes this is hard, right? You're working at a job with a coworker. You've been there longer than he has. And guess who got the promotion? It wasn't you, all right? The other person got the promotion. And they're like, I got a promotion. I got a pay raise. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And you got to rejoice with them, Right? I'm like, oh God, you want me to do what? You want me to, I've been working a long time for that promotion that he gets. God, how do I do this? It's hard. It is sometimes hard, okay, to rejoice in hard times when you don't think it's fair, you don't think it's right. But yet that's the command. Will you rejoice with those who rejoice? Especially here in the church. Your brother sister Christ, if something good happens to them and they come and celebrate, can we celebrate and be happy for them? Hey, praise God, man. Good for you. Good for God. You deserve that, right? How about mourning with those who mourn? Recently, we lost a sister, right? She graduated and went to be with the Lord. Can we rejoice even though through through that we we mourn because our heart is broken? But we have a hope, right? because we're going to see her again. Unfortunately, unfortunately, last night about 6.30, I was in the hospital with a family to say, to help a family say goodbye to their mom. And even though I didn't know the mom, but I didn't know the daughter, I was able to mourn with them and cry with them. Even though I didn't know the mom, I'm like, but you know what? To be like Christ... I'm going to weep with you because I, I kind of understand what you're going through. And this is what Christ does. He understands what we're going through and he mourns what if We're going to look like Christ. We're going to be willing to go through it. Oh, this is how we love one another and live in harmony with them, right? Verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, be, but associate with lowly. Never be wise in your own eyes. You kind of know what this is. This is where the funny people are like, oh, but pastor, how could you? How, how, how could you, you know, it's, it's them. Or it's, you know, it's, mm. You don't get to pick and choose who you love. Okay? You can't pick your family. You can't pick your nose, though, all right? You pick the family you want sometimes. You even pick the church you want. You come here, and if you're part of us, we hope that you do. We love you. We want you to love God. We want to love you. But if I love you, guess what you have to do? God love me back. Amen? Like, oh, not him. Yeah. Even me. All right? Even moi. You have to love me. Live in harmony with one another. This is why we taught the one another commands. This is not for us something to read in the Bible. This is something we're trying to be. So this is how we love inside the church. Let me show you how we're going to love the world. How to deal with the foes, right? Because we're going to have enemies. And we do, outside of these four walls, we have people that don't like us just because of our faith. They didn't like Christ, they don't like us. But yet, regardless of how they treat us, we're still commanded to love them. Really? Yup. You gotta love them. Cubs fans, you gotta love those White Sox fans. White Sox fans, you gotta love those Cubs fans, amen? All right? Even us from Chicago, we gotta love the Green Bay people. right? We gotta love them from afar. No, I'm going to We got to love them, right? We got to love them. People are like, no, no. I don't see that in my scripture. Yes, okay? It's the application. It's the application. It says this. Bless them who persecute you. Bless those who persecute. Bless them. Do not curse them. Right? Think of the blind or think of the thorn in your side. Don't look at the person next to you. It's not them, okay? But God often gives you people that are meant to act like sandpaper in your life. They're there to help rub away all the bad edges you got so you can be smooth and beautiful like Christ. Praise God for them. Okay? Because they're going to ask you hard questions sometimes and get in your face and whatever. They do it in love and hopefully you do it in love to them. But it happens. Okay? B, let God repay those for evil. Okay, that is done to you. Verses 17 through 19. Repay no one for evil, but give thought to that what is honorable in sight of all, if possible, if possible. So far as that it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Believe it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Over 20 years ago, I was amazed at this. I had just come to faith in Christ, and I was amazed I saw this. It was called the Willis family. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The Willis family was driving down, I think one of our highways, Highway 90 or 94, and it happened here in the Chicago area. They were driving. They had all their children in the back, minivan. And as they were driving, the truck in front of them lost a a brake part. It crashed through their minivan, and underneath it, I believe it went underneath it, ripped up the gas tank, and the minivan caught on fire. It pulled off to the side, and only the husband and the wife were able to get out. All six children were gone. That's horrific, right? Nobody's like, I don't even want, no, no. God gave me a different test. This man comes up, Mr. Willis comes up and they ask him, how do you feel? And I was shocked. My my mouth fell. He goes, I forgive him. I forgive him. And I was like, oh, that is amazing. I I don't know if I could do that. You take one child that's, that's too much, but you take all of them? I would be going crazy. But yet, this is what it means when you don't repay evil for evil. In our flesh, we want to, oh, you hit me. I'm, I'm getting you back. I'm getting you back. I'm already thinking. I know three ways to Sunday to get you, you know. But Christ says, no, As you, if you're going to love the world, love them. You don't repay evil for evil. Last one. Give them food. When they are hungry and water, when they are thirsty. I was amazed. I was watching a little bit of a documentary. Sorry. And this American soldier was talking about how he came to faith. Thank you, Luke. How he came to faith in Christ. And he got to share the gospel with an ISIS fighter. And he's sharing the gospel with an ISIS fighter. And he's telling everything about the gospel. And the guy, the guy was like, amen. That's, yeah, that's what I, mean. he goes, would you like to know and have peace and forgiveness? And the ISIS fighter's like, yes, yes. And it was funny, the irony was, when he says, okay, let, do you like to, would you like to pray? And he goes, yes. He goes, okay, we're going to pray in the name of Jesus. And the ISIS fighter went, Whoop. Can't do that. See, the soldier said, Even though I'm fighting against this guy, my faith says he's not really my enemy. He's made in the image of God, and he's lost without Christ too, and he has to forgive him. He needs Christ. What happened later, or that second, is that something dark came over that ISIS fighter, and the soldier saw it, and he knew that he was not fighting the flesh and blood, but he was fighting something much, much darker, much, much greater church while Christ is coming we're called to be perfected in our waiting not to sit around but asking you do you look like Christ I was trying to get a I was going to get a bridal gown here right and wear it but uh, I don't have the budget for that right? Dave, could you help me? Dave, would you come here? And Jesse, would you also come here? Church, here's what I want to do. Right here, right here. There you go. Just, just, Just stand there. There you go. Jesse and Dave are here. Just right there, right there. Church, I'm going to ask you, and I know you're not used to this. We don't really do altar calls here. But don't think of this as a stage with a band. This is an altar. This is a place where you and I meet God. So I got some beautiful white ribbons, satin, clean and white. This is the way you're supposed to look like. This is what you are supposed to represent. Because Christ has already forgiven you. Am I holy? Am I living a life of holiness where God would recognize me as his bride? So here's what we're going to do. Luke's going to lead in worship, and here's what I want you to do. As, is, as we go into, the, into 2024, church, we, this is the type of church we're going to be holy. That when people go, oh, yeah, that's Long Grove. How do, how do I know? Yeah, look at the way they act. And God willing, everybody will see us like this, amen? Because this is how Christ sees us. But this takes willful work. This is not you sitting behind. This is you working with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis and getting ready because the time is coming when He comes. Remember how Pastor Dell said it? Our goal isn't to grow in numbers. It's to grow deeper and greater in faith and in obedience to Christ. If that's what you desire to be, then you're in the perfect place. If this is what you desire to do, you're in the right church. Amen? So here's what we're going to do. As Luke leads us in worship, two elders are standing here. And what they want to do is what I'm going to invite you to do is come down the aisle and say, I want to be found waiting and receive your piece of cloth. It doesn't have nothing spimble. All it is is a remembrance. I wanted you to stick it in your Bible. And as you read the Word of God daily and you're reminded in prayer, you're reminded of what you're supposed to look like. That's all it means. So I wanted to give you something, okay, just so that you could remember it, okay? So, Luke. He is faithful, Amen. He's coming back for a bride that's been found faithful. He's coming back. I will come again so where i am you will be also that is our hope that what pastor del was pointing us to it's not under the tree it's coming from somewhere way way beyond much much greater so church in 2024 this little piece of cloth it means nothing but to you it means everything because that's how you want to be found found worthy amen so let's pray heavenly father we want to thank you and praise you we thank you for the grace that you love us on us each and every day we thank you lord because you have been the perfect sacrifice for us you have been the greatest gift for us lord and it is only in you do we have hope and life everlasting god we want to be a church that reflects you That looks like you that walks like you that talks like you that the aroma of christ would be so much on us that when we walk into jewel or a restaurant people will sniff us and go i smell jesus i smell jesus because you you you've been so close to him that the aroma of christ still lingers on you long after you've been with him don't just walk away this sunday morning And say okay i checked the mark i've done my due diligence now i could go watch tv or football no your goal is to walk into the presence of christ and be transformed into the image of the Son. that is the goal this is why we worship not so that we can sing songs but lord so that we can love you with everything that we are our heart our mind our soul our being everything is for you and for your glory we want to give you praise, not just with our mouth, Lord, but with our heart, with our hands, with our mind, so that we look and act like you. So that when you come back, and we know that you are, you come back for a spotless, beautiful bride that you would be so happy to represent to the family. Because, church, who is waiting for us? Imagine the Old Testament saints, King David solomon and all the old testament saints in the church in the part of israel that was faithful and he's going to represent and present to him to them a bride which is called the church in church don't you want to be beautiful on that day don't you want to be pure as the white snow i know i do i want to be found perfect the way he is perfect So, Heavenly Father, please help me help our church to love you, to live like you. We don't want these things on the wall just to be values, Lord. We want them to be the deepest part of our hearts, that we love God and we love others. That we live in life with relationship, God, calling and helping our brothers, Lord, to live like you and talk like you and walk like you. To give what is necessary, Lord, we give it all away because in giving it all away we find life that's everlasting and God then we go and we go to the lost and we love them with the love of Christ so that they see you in us we thank you for that wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit let us walk in relationship with him because that is the deepest goal Lord as he points to you that is our goal to look like you, to walk like you, to talk like you, to be in your presence so that long after we leave this building today, the aroma of Christ still lingers on us. So for that, we want to say thank you. We praise you. And the church of Jesus Christ said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas and have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. Thank you.